Who's doing the show today? Caitlin. Caitlin. Oh. Oh, yeah, you got cards. I do have cards. Oh, yeah, the first one's the prison one. I, like, couldn't remember. I was like, feck. So I watched that one yesterday, and we all know that if I did something yesterday, it might as well have happened in a different person's life. Whereas this other one, I haven't watched at all, so I'm going to be really winging it. No, I'm just kidding. I watched it. <laughs> you definitely watched it. I'd be interested in what your what your synopsis would be if you hadn't seen the episode. It would be really funny if I was like, and uh, uh, it turns out that Neelix really likes big Klingon women. I don't know where I'm getting that, but he does. He loves them. <laughs> he is all about that life. <laughs> Fucking big naughty pervert. So exciting for me personally. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. <laughs> are you sure? I think so. I'm watching TikToks, Jake? TikToking, TikToking around. Uh, Chris. And Ames. And we're here today on episode 311. Woo! What's that song that they had? Number three eleven. Oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna accidentally sing a Sublime song instead. I know. Aren't I, I almost made a Sublime joke. I was gonna I was gonna start singing the Sublime song because I don't remember. Anyway, three eleven. That's a band. Insert insert your favorite reference to really old pop music here. I guess I don't know. Uh, we're here to talk about surprisingly two more episodes of Star Trek: The Voyager. Today we're gonna discuss repentance, repentance, yes, repentance, and prophecy. In repentance. Wow, I have to never learn. said the word repentance this often. It's a weird it's word. Lo- it's losing all meaning. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard. It loses like quick. It. Yeah, it's one of those words that just that can't be. That well, it's can't that, be a it's word. That, it's that end before the t. Mm. It's like yeah. repen- repentance. Past repentance. Hmm. Anyway, I wow, I really am trying to like harken back to what this is about. There's a prison ship, and it just like, it's exploding. Yeah, but like, oh, is that what happens? That they They're, okay, okay. They have like a. Breach or something. Yeah. Right, so both of these episodes call. actually start the same. Yeah, it's a right, it's yeah. breach week. Oh, all right, it's breach Ooh, week. Breach week. Like a whale. Like the like, orca like whales those that are in Cape Cod. They're my heroes. Yachts. Yes, get the yachts. All right, repentance. Repentance, repentance. Uh, we open with a... It's a prison... Sh- it, well, it's not actually a prison ship. It's a transport ship right, of right. prisoners. Yes. And they are having an emergency, a breach... And so they get transported over to the Voyager, and the Voyager, you know, Starfleet has some weird ideas about how, like, prisoners should be treated like human beings, like, they want to feed them food, you know, more than maybe once a day, and they don't approve of... The constant beatings? Yeah, the beatings of the prisoners. Have no fun, Starfleet. I know, I know. And one of them gets, like, the absolute... Is that, who is Iko. it? Iko. So Iko gets the shit. He's a prisoner and he's done a murder and he gets... He's the, he's the crazy one too. Yeah, he's wild. Well, he's a sociopath probably and that's probably because of reasons. We'll get to it. So anyway, he is being a standoffish prick and he gets the shit kicked out of him by the Nijian guards who like seem to think it's really fun to beat the shit out of unarmed people. Have you tried it, though? No, I haven't. It's probably great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
Just kidding. Oh, God. Sure, I would hate that. How much of a monster can I be today? (laughs) But anyway, he winds up in sickbay, and he's all fucked up, and I guess they nanoprobe him to try to make him healthy again. As one does. And is the nanoprobes make him grow a conscience? Because it turns out he was born without... Pineal gland something. (laughs) Yeah, basically some of his neural pathways didn't fully develop. And so he, yeah, just basically did not have a sense of right and wrong. And now he does. And he feels real, real bad about Mm -hmm. them things he's done. And so because they have this, you know, this physical evidence, like these prisoners are all on their way home to the Nijian homeworld to be executed for their crimes. But they're like, but wait a minute, this guy is repenting and he he now knows the difference between right and wrong and he didn't before and it was because of medical reasons, so perhaps he should be given a stay of execution. And um, the Nijians are like, eh, And they were like, but could we, like, try? And they're like, well, I mean, you can appeal to the victim's family, but it's up to them. Uh." So they go and they speak to the victim's families and they're like, look, we see we there was this biological thing that was missing and now he's a good guy. And he made this really nice apology. And they were like, no, fuck him, kill him anyway. We don't really care. Should have killed somebody from a more forgiving family, apparently. Yeah, really. There, you know, he's like the. You know, you know, you got to go after. Listen to a lot of true crime. I feel like Mormon families are always super nice about it. That's very strange. <laughs> Have you noticed that, Chris? Well, this is shaky. Oh, yeah, sorry. There's Audio this medium. one episode, particularly of Small Town Murder, where they talk to that guy yeah, yeah. who's like a saint. It's like his his wife was murdered, and he's just like, you know, I just I don't want them to be put to death. Like I wouldn't want she'd want them to be forgiven. Oh, yeah, I remember I that just, guy. I want to I want to just have it. Well, he was Mormon. Uh. I just want it to be known that if anyone murders me, right. I would absolutely not. I would not turn the other cheek. I would not be like, oh, we should take the high road. If someone <laughs> murders me, and you have proof, and you know that they did it. Fuck them, okay? That this is me telling you, don't say shit like, Caitlin would want them to, like, have another chance. No. Fuck them, okay? Anyway, if I'm just gonna, in case. I'm going to canonize them. <laughs> Thank you. Jake's like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to be like, I'm going to But kill what them. if it's me? Well, there goes my plan. <laughs> Anyway, it's all a very interesting discussion uh, about all about the death penalty and about prison well, yeah, and re- rehabilitating uh, prisoners. rehabilitation. And then there's the other the, the, yeah, there's the, the other what? side with Neelix and his friend Kike. Yeah, I was gonna say Kike. <laughs> Doesn't his friend like ultimately decide that he's gonna try to like get treated so that he can grow a conscience, even though he probably has a conscience? He's just a shit. Uh, yeah, he's just a piece of shit. That, that was just, that, he was just trying to get out and trying to trick poor little trusting Neelix. Well, I mean, the thing is, so the interesting thing about that is we don't actually, we still don't know. If the brother did it himself, like came and tried to free everybody himself. Well, not even just that, but even just, we still don't know that he actually did kill anyone. Oh, that's a good point. He's like the one that's been saying up and down, it wasn't me and I don't, I, I wouldn't try to repeal, not repeal, uphill. appeal. I wouldn't try to uphill because then it sounds like I'm admitting it when I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think he very well may have not. We, we don't, genuinely don't it know. It could just be the, the systematic racism. Yeah, there's definitely systematic racism in this system. Oh, yeah. These people are... You the know, worst. Hundred. Well, I was going to say, they're these. this group of people that they're executing are like 
70 times more likely to commit a crime and yeah or whatever and also like what was the other thing like they're more likely to have harsher consequences oh, yeah. Yeah. shit like it was very it was very like police brutality against against black americans yeah no th- this like, is definitely one of the least subtle metaphors they've recently done yeah but they kind of undercut it by having him actually him be a dickhead i mean the thing <laughs> is like there are dickheads yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of that's one of the you know issues with systematic racism is like when someone from that group who actually is bad comes along, there's always doubt as to whether or not they actually are because yeah, but I don't I don't think that I don't think the episode was saying that. No, I know it. it I definitely felt like at the end having him sort of like. Having everyone have been right about it, sort of, kind of, is definitely like, hey, what are you doing here, episode? I think there's, I think the, I think the, they kind of dropped the ball with the messaging. They did in this episode, at least in the B plot. Yeah, and even in the A plot, like, yeah, the thing with the A plot is, it's like, oh, he's save, he's, he's salvationable. I have no idea what word I'm looking salvageable. for. Salvageable, salvageable, like like wreckage, repentance, repentance. Um, he's repentable. Because, you know, we fixed his brain. And it, it was only because, you know, he had a medical issue that he was bad. <laughs> it was only because he was a violent, insane person. That's the other thing. Exactly, yeah. 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 And that's... I, it's I feel always like the mentally ill. That. The mentally ill are always crazy. I feel huh. like if instead of, oh, we fixed you because you actually you had a brain issue, instead of, you know, just talking with Seven, who was a person who listens to mm. other people, who's, you know... She she accepts your 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 chatting and stuff like that. She's a she's a, a a bendable ear. And if just chatting with someone who's not treating you like garbage makes yeah. you you know start coming around, I feel like that could have been a more interesting way to approach that story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because he even was like even before they you know reconnected his pathways, it was clear that just having someone talk to him was already kind of helping a little. And it is obvious that that prison system is fucking terrible and relishes in brutality and cruelty. Not like, you know, the real world. Yeah, none say what, not like ours. Mm. This, is, this is another case, I think, of Starfleet associating with, with shitty people and, and not calling them on their shit in the name of the Prime Directive. Yeah. Like, okay, capital punishment is illegal, in the Federation, except for going to, to Talos. <laughs> but other than that, that's the, that's, Spock, that's, man. That's, that's the only thing. And it's not it's not clear. That might it's unclear if that's still on the books after after the menagerie. Unclear. Yeah, I doubt. I, I think that's been totally forgotten about. Canon. Um, but he, here's the thing. So countries, a lot of countries in the world, even if they have, uh, like, like they, they'll refuse to extradite people to. Like the United States, for example, where there's capital punishment on the grounds that, well, we don't have capital punishment. So if we extradite this person, you have to guarantee that that's off the table. Mm. Um, Give give an an example here. And then America crosses their fingers behind their backs and goes, lol, we promise. So (laughs) So you're saying like if someone from like Sweden or one of the other good countries like needs to extradite their uh, a prisoner and they'd be like oh crap not to america america's one of the stupid ones well if it's like if it's a capital crime where they could potentially be executed in the united states a lot of countries will not extradite unless they get assurances that, that they won't be executed I, 
I mean, a similar kind of thing now is um, a lot of places here can't execute their prisoners right now because a lot of the chemicals they need aren't made here. Mm-hmm. Right, they're made in other countries. Who where... are refusing, understandably, to sell them to us because they know what they're going to use it for. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and also just finding people to administer these drugs because they need to be administered by a licensed physician mm-hmm. and physicians take the Hippocratic Oath. So finding one that's going to participate in this is, is not that easy. Nope. Well, um, it doesn't seem like it's been that hard either. Yeah, but and, well, oftentimes they don't get administered properly. They get administered by... there's a there's an Oh, injury. yeah, and then you die a horrible death. Yeah, yes. and, then they, and then they end up with these horribly botched executions where, like, people suffer for... Hours. Minutes, hopefully not hours, but well, and for hopefully. some for some reason that doesn't make people like it anymore. I don't understand. Uh... Yeah, there's a there's a really good uh, Errol Morris documentary that I recommend uh, called I think it's called Mr. Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all about. I mean, I don't want to spoil it because there's like weird and crazy twists in it, and it is a documentary, but it's all about like a guy that is not a physician, but who like does executions it's a good documentary it's funny how we fucking love executions here but don't like assisted suicide yeah kind of seems like a contradictory fucking stance i mean what about all the pro-lifers that are also pro yeah punishment yeah yeah i know i know um, we're not saying anything anyone listening here hasn't thought about but yeah. christ it's but anyway, still frustrating. My, my point is like i do not see the justification in the prime directive for your you've rescued these people mm-hmm. and then you're and now you know and you're just going to deliver them to and you're going to deliver anyway. them to to an execution like i i would think that a once they're on your ship I, I don't think prime directive applies it's not like you're going down to their planet to stop their executions no it, and, and and even if like they had had like lesser like abilities or science and technology than them by the time once you've zapped them on board it's kind of all out the window isn't it because isn't that isn't that what the prime directive is about is like not exposing like cultures who are behind us that's only one part of it there's multiple parts that is part of it but also it's just you don't you don't mess with the internal affairs yeah read read our blog post on this that a lot of people have complained about the same thing on and then i think it was in that prodigy episode that where they have the definition mm-hmm. of the prime directive, which is basically like, yeah, you don't fuck with other with other races cultures. What what interfere means seems to be very flexible, yeah, especially yes. mostly again depending upon how badly do you want a thing that other culture has. I was just gonna say, don't interfere unless you really want to this week. Do they have dilithium? <sighs> yeah, and like I can, I guess like if there was a justification that. Oh, these people are way more powerful than us, and if we don't, yeah, otherwise they will murder yeah, us. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna. Take so what? Are you, us down. So what are you proposing they do instead? I would say none of them asked for sanctuary. Even Ico basically said, like, yeah, well, uh, whatever the family's response is, I will go with it. Like, I'm not asking you to like hold. Yeah, me well, here. well, he's he, he's a weird dude. I bet you if they <laughs> if they asked Kike, if they said if Neelix was like, listen. Captain Janeway is giving you the option of requesting asylum on Voyager. You'll be in prison on Voyager because you're a no, nut. Prison on Voyager is you get quarters. You get quarters like Suter did. We'll, yeah, and we'll, give food. You the, we'll give you the Suter treatment. To be fair, though, Suter is dead. Yeah, that's true. So there's a free room. That was unrelated. That was that was through bad assery. Yeah, but like, you know, I don't know. It just, it just seems very weird that 
that Janeway is participating. Yeah. She's just ferrying people. Right. I would, if I were her, I'd refuse to ferry them. I'd say, we're "What not- are you supposed? Stop! The- we're stopping, and you're going to turn around, young lady. What well, are you, you going to do?" That is sort of the problem: is that because they're not near home, like they could, in theory, just drop them off somewhere other than their home world, but there's still just the same chance well, so of like, they'll just find a friend of theirs to bring them who doesn't care. There's like maritime law. Or not law, but like treaties that say that like okay, you got to help a ship in distress. Yeah, and that that's what that's what's applying here. Yeah, ship was in distress; they had to help. I don't know what the rules say in real life, let alone in Starfleet, <laughs> of like in a situation like this. What like once you've saved the lives of the people who were on the ship that was gonna blow up, what's your next move? Like, are you are you, like what if they what if their destination was 10,000 light years in the opposite direction. Are they obligated to bring them there? Well, no, they actually tried to get them to bring them back to the home world, and they were like, well, we're going in the opposite direction, so oh, we'll right, drop you yeah. somewhere else. So they're already definitely not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think this is, again, just sort of one of those situations that would be given more thought by them if they weren't nowhere near anyone else they work with. Mm. You know, like if this was in the Alpha Quadrant, that would be one thing. But this is, you know, Delta Quadrant, you know, like, what are we going to do, ferry these people around and potentially just locked away for anywhere from 20 to 50 more I years? I thought they should have stuck them in those cryopods they used in one. Those don't exist anymore. Dang they it. only existed for that story. They were so nice. Yeah. Also, like, for, for Federation attitudes on capital punishment, see also justice. Mm. Where the Prime Directive don't mean shit. <laughs> those flowers mm-hmm. yeah but God like that was a situation it. where they blatantly broke the law of a of another culture where the punishment was established and it's we're gonna kill you and then card's like no i want to fuck his mom so i'm gonna <laughs> fuck your prime directive and his mom that's a three-way definitely That'll be an interesting, like, blog post one day is comparing all the really shit legal systems of other other cultures. They're all bad. I hate them all. Mm. You flatter me, sir. You flatter well, me. This one, oh, yeah, this, they're this at the culture top. They're here the best in one. this episode is especially bad, <laughs> given that they let the victims decide oh, yeah. the punishment. Oh, yeah. And they're not objective at all. Right. Which is like... They just experienced some kind of tragedy or, or you know, a loss or, you know, any... Any crime. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, that made me think of, again, I I assumed that was a not-so-subtle nod to, you know, people always talking about victims' rights. And it's like, victims don't not have rights just because the accused have rights, too. But I feel like people always try to frame it like that. Yeah. Like, oh, the the, 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 the guy has all these... Well, first of all, their innocence will prove him guilty. And, you know, the, the, these appeals to emotion that shouldn't exist... Yeah, and like I'm, yeah, I just I think it's ridiculous. And like Neelix seems to get that until Kike's like, yeah, but imagine if, imagine if you were the victim, and then you know, it's like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's like, no, you're not. No, exactly. That's exactly why you shouldn't let the let the victim decide the punishment. Yeah, they're not objective. Yeah, I mean, neither in reality is the legal system, but in theory, it is. Ooh. Yeah. Well, again, in theory, in very big scare quotes. You guys watched, um, the, it was a show, was it on Netflix or where was it? Jury Duty. It was on Freebie. No, it, yeah, it was on Freebie. On Freebie. It was interesting. They basically had a 
like a call for like, okay, who wants to be on a sh- on a on a documentary about being on a jury? Mm. And you know, they picked a they picked their their jury, and the twist of the whole show is only one of the people that they pick for this jury thinks he's serving on a jury. Everyone else is actors. Well, and, and aren't a few of them actually like well known too? Like yeah. is Jason Marsden? James Marsden. James Marsden. James Marsden. Playing himself. Cyclops? Yeah. He's, pl- he's playing a, a cartoonish version of himself. Oh, yeah. He's ha- he's hilarious. And it's, re- it's really good. He seems to have found a niche. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I recommend the show. And like, there's a point where you're like, does, does like, is how, how like daft is this guy that he hasn't figured out that like, like all these crazy things keep happening on this jury. He's, he his everything he knows about juries comes from fucking sitcoms, clearly. Yeah. A jury is never straightforward on television, even in dramas, because then it's a dramatic thing. I blame 12 Angry Men. I have never sat on a jury, I'm happy to say. I have, and one of the pieces of evidence was a blurry dick pic from an old flip phone. Nice. I'm so sorry. I sat on a jury, and one of the pieces of evidence was a shirt covered in blood and stab wounds. Oh my god. I would have much preferred that to the dick pic. Yeah, no, I've been called twice. The first time it was a Friday, I was in a late pool, and they ended up not needing me, but it counted as having served. Oh, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, late on a Friday is, is like the time they request if you if you can like get it pushed back too. And mm-hmm. you got to be in a pool. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and then the more recent time, within the last couple of months, they like didn't call me for years. They forgot I existed. It was beautiful. And then they called me, and then I even got so far as they were picking the jury. I was like, fuck. But it was only a, I think, a, a seven person jury, which I didn't know was a thing. I think that's, that's for like civil. Yeah. That's and the express uh, jury. Yeah. They, either way, they, they filled all the slots before they got to me. Wow. Although I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gotten on because they, you know, one of the questions they asked was, you know, because it was a traffic violation thing. Do you love cops? Basically. Not exactly. But they did say, you know, you know, one of the witnesses for the prosecution is a police officer. Uh, would you Chris mean, is there wearing his A cab shirt? <laughs> well, they really, you know, is is are you more or either more or less likely to believe a police officer? Either way, raise your hand if either of those apply. And when people had an, they would bring them up to have like a sidebar with the judge and the lawyers, and I was very ready to go. <laughs> well, not trust a damn thing that fucking fascist says. Yeah, when they when I when they were picking the jury that I ended up serving on, the question they asked was. The victim in this case is African American. Will that affect affect your ability to? Are you a huge racist? Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't like ask it openly. Like they they called everybody up individually, and the judge asked. Well, yeah, that's what with mine they asked sort of open ended questions, just like if any of these apply to you, raise your hand, and then you were called up one by one, so they could be like, so what's the deal here? Yeah, but I imagine they didn't. I imagine nobody is sitting there in the jury pool and being like, yeah, I'm the racist. I don't. I, um, was in that was in the show, but I do the jury duty show. It was I very funny. Do wonder if anybody told that to the judge who was black? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that will affect my judgment. Isn't that a Larry? Isn't that doesn't that happen in an episode of Curb where like Larry goes before a judge and he's like recently like there's that remember there's that woman in that one season who used to be like oh Larry David Larry David who doesn't want to hire a black man oh, and right like, and then like I think like that oh yeah it was the episode where um, like Cheryl needs the itch cream anti itch yeah, cream and there's yeah, like a yeah. black doctor 
And yeah, yeah. he has to, like, tell the whole room full of people that he made some horrible joke and... I don't know. Anyway, it's, it reminds this. This sounds very Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's an episode for that. I just can't remember all the details. There's a There's a curb for everything. That's true. true. Simpsons did it. show. Uh, no, it says the Bart the. My very first no, note. No one who speaks German could be an evil man. Uh, on my card is the disappointment on Picardo's face when he's taken hostage is amazing. Oh, you can't hurt me. I'm a hologram. Oh, you've done that, it wrong, guy. That was great. I I, I saw Alyssa's disappointment. He was so annoyed. It's like, you can't hurt me, but you can. What's the word I want? Um, inconvenience me. Yeah. And I am now inconvenienced. Now, the fact they shot him through him was pretty funny. Like, I, I loved that. That was great. Yeah, that was a good move. It's like an Edison force when Dylan McDermott, or whatever his name is, shoots the, shoots the, shoots the fucking terrorist through the woman's shoulder. Or yeah. a Robocop They're... where he shoots through the dress and shoots the guy's penis off. Shoots him right in the dick. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no major arteries in the shoulder. Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say in the dick. <laughs> it's going to be like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of blood happening in the dick. That's how Bloody the dick dicks. works. Um, yeah, another uh, thing that this episode, again, demonstrated for us is how stupid it is to have prison cells that have force fields. Yeah. yeah. Door. That's why my cryopod idea is so much better. Well, you know, yeah. a door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a lock. Yeah. Also, though, all this time they could make it so the force fields have little pass-through holes. That's never been a thing before. Yeah, I don't even. I, I struggle to even understand how that works. Like science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doors are still a thing, guys. Nah, got rid of those in the twenty-fifth century. Wait, what century is it in the show? Twenty-fourth. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Iko's connection to the stars was very cute. Mm. I loved his line when they hand him when Seven's like, "Ah, yeah. oh, if you like that, you'll like this," and it's just a pad full of yeah. numbers and nonsense. And he says, "This is it's just words and numbers. I'd like to see maybe the stars." And then she's like, "No, no, you gotta understand. After a while, you don't just see numbers. You're like, oh, blonde, brunette, redhead. Oh, like in Severance. Have you seen Severance? We're just gonna talk about other shows because I was, I was quoting The Matrix. <laughs> oh, dang it." <laughs> You like the lady in red? I could, I could introduce you, whatever the fuck. Oh, so, yeah, I've heard of it. Though. That's the one where like people basically, literally disconnect their work and home lives and their yeah, brains yeah. or whatever. And Ooh. Yeah, it's a, it's very good. It's on Apple. It's got That's a... interesting. But like, what would you talk about? Because if you had no connection to your entire day, well, it's it's more about their work lives. Where like, no, no, I don't want to spoil anything because you should definitely watch this. But like, they don't like they don't even know who they are. Like, to their existence begins at the end of the day, or at the start of the day. Yeah, it starts when you get off the elevator. Yeah, they get, like, all they know is they get off an elevator. They have no memories outside of that, of their life. And then at the end of the day, they get back in the elevator. And the next thing that, instead of getting off the elevator, they're back on it the just elevator. opens up and it's the next day and they're back at work. So from, from their, like, so they have these, you know, complete personalities that only exist at work. Yeah, the innie self versus the outie self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very it's a really clever. Good show. But the job that they're doing is so nonsensical because you know the you know the, the show starts with the new girls her first day, and okay, you look at the screen full of numbers, and when you when you see it, 
You press the button. And she's like, what do I see? Oh, you'll know. Yeah. No, but what, what am I looking for? Oh, you'll find it. There's a real Aperture Laboratories quality to, the, to, the, the, to the workplace. Or uh, the Stanley Parable. Yeah, very, very What's much. That? What's that? It's a, it's a first-person narrative game. And you play as this guy, Stanley. And he it's literally his job just to sit at a desk and push enter when his computer tells him to. But it spirals out of control very quickly from there. Yeah. Great game. It very much feels like, like, yeah, that this show was inspired by by that and, and probably also like the uh, Portal games. The Portal games and things like that. Because there's there's just there's just this weird quality to it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's a good episode, it's just upsetting. Because it's, it's too upsetting. real. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good that it's it's that good kind of upsetting. Yeah. Like, what other you know like like a Tuvix or like what other one we're we talking about Memorial 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 yeah. ones that that you're at the end you're like uh, this makes me angry because they had to make this decision or you know they were they were put upon in this way and it's like good be angry. Yeah, I think this one's just extra depressing because it's a little too real. Yeah, I mean, I was I was less excited about this one. I think I, I mean I just. I think some at some points they fumbled. The yeah, ball. definitely. Like, like the Kike stuff, they fumbled the ball. There were a couple like that very very first discussion between Seven and Doctor where she's like, "But why don't you just why why should we fix him instead of just kill him because he's going to get killed anyway?" Why do people use drugs? <laughs> I mean that that's it's her. Like that's, it's a little simplified, Seven. But all right, okay. That, I, I'm glad you guys are bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, she comes around, but that's definitely her sort of knee jerk Borg upbringing reaction. So I I buy it, you know. I mean, I my my impression is that what the writers wanted to do is kind of make it a Seven dilemma episode, you know. And they even have like Jamie be like, "Are you sure you actually give a shit about this guy, or are you just trying to like repent?" For is it your... Ichim's father who's bad, or your father who's bad? Yeah, are you like trying to repent for well, your can't it sins? Be both? <laughs> well, that time she did admit it was both. Oh yeah. Okay, great. Because her dad was awful. Oh yeah. What an idiot. Moron. Ugh. But yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Kind of mixed bag on this one. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they kind of fumbled some stuff, which was unfortunate. They did a, a, an interesting. I don't know, interesting. Maybe interesting isn't the right one. They did a different thing with Seven in that suddenly, like, she didn't want to talk about her Borg experiences. Like, you know, Iko asked, oh, what's the thing above your eye? Did it, does it hurt? And she's like, no, 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 I don't even, I have no memories of this thing even being put in. Well, that actually, I feel like that maybe just makes sense if you consider it is actually just sort of a sign of her being less Borg. Of just like, now that she's had time to sort of think about it and get more used to human perspective, she's like, actually, I don't like thinking about this stuff. I, no, wait a minute. If that's what it is, I, I then I'm, I'm for that. But it came out it came out of a little bit nowhere. Because I feel that's like true. the week prior, if someone asked her, what's that thing? It's a Borg thing. Does it hurt? I have no, I, I don't give a shit if it hurts or not. Feelings are irrelevant. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, Pain give, is irrelevant. I'll give you that. There wasn't a lot of, say, setup for it necessarily. Mm-hmm. It also just felt like, even though they were sort of dealing with a new aspect of this, it felt like we've had this kind of episode trotted out a million times before, even if, like, the the big point wasn't the same. I don't know. Yeah, there's only so many moral dilemmas. <laughs> we're, yes. done, we're done with that? Yes. Look at the mirror that we've held up to your society. Wow. Jails are bad, guys. Privati- privatized prisons are really bad. Treating prisoners like Chattel is bad. Being fair, we, people. we don't know if this was a privatized prison system. That was not explicit. Yeah. This is, this, I mean, this oh, is I know. I'm just explicitly no, saying that privatized prisons are awful. Oh, no, they are. They are. It's, yes. it's a 
Yeah, this society does seem almost as fucked up as, say, like like the Klingons. They're they're also quite fucked up, aren't they? <gasps> Is Jake wow. segueing? What a what. Jake, did you know that the, the next episode that we're talking about is about Klingons? What? I know. It's almost like you were prophetic. Wow. Hey. This episode is Prophecy, brought to you by Dum Dums. Lollipops? That's right. Ooh. Remember those weird commercials? No. Dum Dums had the weirdest fucking commercials I ever. This. Okay, do you remember the Blow Pop commercials? It's like the kids were directing the commercial. I don't think I do. Fruit flavored candy roll. on the outside, bubblegum on the inside. That's I remember a blow that pop. slogan. That's a blow pop. Oh, yeah, from God. Charms. Oh, Those were yeah, terrible. That's, yep, that's Boy, right. we are unfocused tonight, See, even it's for from us. Charms. What? Cut, cut. So, prophecy. Prophecy. <laughs> um, blow pops were the worst. Blow pops were disgusting, dude. Because you would just get fucking candy in the gum yeah. and crunching all over the fucking place. Terrible disgusting. fucking idea. Disgusting. That was bad. The Tootsie Roll Pop was way better. Yeah, that's the way. Do you know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop, though? Three. No. Prophecy. It is three. He's that's, right. That's the he, he, answer. Got, he got the answer. <sighs> what about Bomb Pops? Anyway, in pro- Bomb Pops ice cream. Or Jake, popsicle. stop enabling. <laughs> Jake, Bad. Jake, never stop enabling. <laughs> we, we gotta get like. Jake, we're the best part of this show. Where do you, you come down on them. Chupa Chups? Oh, I love Chupa Chups. We, we, we've got to get like little spray bottles. Like but I especially like we, the we ice cream. We need to put them in their own soundproof the jars. Ones and the strawberry vanilla ones. Those are my favorite ones. Mm. Anyway, Chupa Chups. Hi-Chew. Delicious. God bless you. Is it you. Chups or Chups? I've always said it's Chupa Chups. So it's Chupa C-H-U-P-A. I'm just going to fade out on this in the edit. Okay. Prophecy. So, as you may recall, Balana hath become knocked up. And a technical term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, she's in the family way. She's in trouble. She's got a bun in the oven. With child. That's too obvious. That just makes it too clear what you're talking about. Well, it just feels like what these people would say because they're all fancy. I like these other terms that have nothing to do with baby, you know? Mm. All right, so anyway. Can you get pregante? Yes, says Bolana Torres. And uh, she is pregante. And uh, just like the last episode, we encounter, it's the beginning of the episode, and we encounter a ship, and it's Klingons, and they're, they're hailing us. No, they're, they're shooting us. us. Oh, that's right. They're shooting us. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. So they're shooting at us. We uh, are like, can we talk about this, maybe? And the captain comes on board and sees Bolana and is like, hey, you're pregnant. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, we won't fire anymore. It's definitely because of this pregnant Klingon on your ship. I'll just go back to my ship now. And he goes back to his ship, and he is convinced that Bolana. Well, is he convinced? But he's pretending to be convinced that... Uh, Let us convince you. Bolana is pregnant with the... What is it? Kuva Mach? Ku- what does that say? Kuva Mach. The Kuva Mach, which is like a baby, a person, a Klingon who is prophesied to save the Klingons. So he goes back and he's like, hey guys, we found him. We found the, the Kuva, Kuva, what is it? Say it again. Kuvamach. Kuvamach. Okay. We found the Kuvamach. Let's blow up our ship so we can get on their ship and make some prophecies happen. So they do just that. Voyager brings over 204, was it? 214? 200 something, yeah. Two fucking hundred Klingons. Two fucking many Klingons. Which, if every Klingon is packing two dicks or two vaginas and definitely two buttholes each, that's a lot. That's all I'm saying. Neat. (laughs) 
Just saying, they've just tripled their genitals and quadrupled their buttholes or something. <laughs> Sorry. This is what happens when Caitlin does the intros. Yeah, I know. It's a mistake. Anyway, they come over and it turns out that Kolar, who is the captain of the Klingon ship, he doesn't even really believe that this is the Kuvamach. But he's really sick of his crew, like, wasting all their fucking time trying to find the Kubamach. So he's like, let's just, you know, we'll tell a little white Klingon lie about all the uh, enemies that you've bested, Balana, and uh, about the greatness of your house. And uh, they'll totally buy it. They'll totally buy it. However ironically this this little this little unborn little little oven bun is going to save these klingons because they have something called the naret which uh comes without warning and as i was watching i said to chris oh, no. well call me the naret because i always come ah. without warning uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's an incurable disease or is it and it's only communicable through to klingons which bad news baby Literally, that means that Balana and baby Kuvamach now have the Nuret. And the doctor, better doctor than Julian, because he is like, I am going to cure this horrible disease that kills you out of nowhere. And he actually does it. So he does it with like the stem cells of the baby. So he uses stem cells in 2001. Seems pretty like ahead of its time. This, this whole week was kind of ahead of its time, I feel like, because... I don't feel like any of us were necessarily thinking about how fucked up the prison system was in 2001. Maybe that's just because yeah, we, we were, were all 15. babies. Yeah, we yeah. were children. People were thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and stem cells were definitely in the news. They were definitely nascent as far as like the general public. Well, they though, were still like, like cloning sheep and shit then, weren't we? Uh, Isn't that when the Daisy the cow or da- the sheep. sheep? It was Dolly the sheep. Dolly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was named after Dolly Parton. Because of them titties? Because of them titties. Because it was cloned from cells from a mammary gland. Gross. That's yeah, no fucked up. I think you've told us that before, actually. Well, they should have done a llama, and they could have called it the Dalai Lama, and it could have been named after the Dalai Lama. We're so close to the finish line. <laughs> well, wow. I did mention that I'm the Nourette, so... <laughs> Anyway, they use baby stem cells, they cure the Nourette, and they live happily ever after the end. But what happens with Neelix? Oh, the yeah! The best B-plot ever! I almost totally forgot what this episode is really about, which is that <laughs> Neelix is a dirty, dirty, dirty birdie who likes to be fucking crushed under the massive weight of gigantic <laughs> Klingon women, and will do anything to get them, including harassing Harry Kim in the hallway, and then being like, yeah, you better run, Patak! And not only does he fucking bed down a super hot, huge Klingon lady, he does it in Tuvok's motherfucking room and breaks all his shit. Way to go, Neelix. High five, bro. <laughs> Using his Kalto set for sounding. Oh, yeah. Oh, leverage. No! Okay, before we get really weird, though, I gotta say, her hair was so fucking cool. Oh, yeah? yeah. Did you notice that they put, they had like crazy, like, she had huge, like, sticks in it to hold it up. Okay. It was, you just, Klingons don't usually do, it, usually it's just down, you know, but she had a whole thing going on. It was great. And did you notice that she had, uh, who's he, what's it, sister titties going on? She had some good, oh, yeah, Duras sister, the, the, sister yeah, Cleave. The, the boob window. She had some great titties, yep. I actually genuinely and didn't. And Neelix was like nose height with that cleavage, so I don't blame him. Yeah. I was rooting for him. 
that, that was that whole B plot was like they did just enough of it. They did. That was a good point. You know, it was like they could have overdone that so much, but it was just like there was the one encounter with Harry who was like, "Oh God, she's into me," and then Neelix being like, "I got this," uh, acting like he's gonna sacrifice himself when he has been waiting for this, mm. and then the punchline, and then <laughs> Dufat barely contained rage. Yes, he was so just close. get out. Like, so close to having an emotion. That I, he had. And it just, he's still like, everyone is lucky he is as good a Vulcan as he is. Because like, wow, if he is showing that much. God knows what's going on in there. Yeah. He could have punched a hole through the hull and not felt it. Just, he still have that holodeck program where he just gets to murder Neelix. Yeah, he turned it back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that was, that was, I, I, I said to Caitlin, I can't wait till you see this episode. It has what is simultaneously the best and worst thing Voyager has ever done. Because it's amazing, but I don't know that I ever needed to hear Neelix make some of those sounds. Oh, my God, oh. the noises. I was like, suddenly, not only am I on Team Neelix, I kind of want to fuck Neelix now. <laughs> and I really don't like you that. You want to tug on those beard hairs? Oh, I'm going to tug those whiskers, you betcha. <laughs> Klingons, I'm going to chew on them. Klingon women, when they go outside of Klingons, do tend to, you know, because because Grilka seemed kind of actually into Quark. Mm-hmm. This lady's clearly in it. They like them all. Uh, they, they, they well, like... but first she went for Harry. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't really understand why. I think because he was, like, trying to break up a fight and she oh, thought that was that cool or was? something. No, oh. he, she just caught him playing those sweet, sweet Bill Clinton vibes. <laughs> 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 yeah, clearly regular humans are just kind of boring, which I, I, I get it, you know. But yeah, that, that was that was again just just the right amount of the B plot well, there. The one part of the B plot I didn't care for, and it was another you know Doc being kind of gross thing. Harry goes to sickbay. Oh, I forget yeah. what the fuck he was even doing there. Oh, he's like I have a cut on my face. Oh yeah yeah. Oh that's right because um what's her name Charega had like scratch her like bit, bit his him. face, which is how you know she's yep. into you. And the yeah. doctor's like just bend over and take it like a man. Here's your permission slip to fuck. And I don't like that. No, I don't either. I don't like that at all because Harry has just told you he is not interested. He would not like this. It is sexual harassment. Yeah, but it's not the doctor's job to deal with sexual harassment. Yeah, but it's not also the doctor's job to cheerlead for the sexual harasser. That's fair. That is true. It's like, oh, Harry, you know what you should do? You can either kill her or better. So, you you know, I've said last episode we don't like killing, so... (laughs) I don't. I don't care for for the doctor's attitude. That's fair. Yeah, no, I think it was a little skeezy. weird. I mean, he was just like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same doctor who painted seven naked. Painted seven naked, then got Gross. inside her brain and did bad things in her body. And then when she was like, "You violated me," we just all kind of laughed and shrugged and moved on and made her apologize. That made me so angry. That episode. Me too. I'm still mad about it. I'm Ames. still mad about it. Yeah. So I mean, the doctor, you know, he's got he's got a. a Kind of a he should he should have referred Harry to Chakotay. It's, this feels like that falls under his purview. Yeah, and Chakotay would be a good a good person about it and be like, okay, Harry, you can bunk with me. <laughs> or or he would have been like, I'll handle this. And Walks up to the Klingons, pulls naked. his clothes off, and they all just go, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I was actually expecting, you know, if, you know, Chirega's, you know, looking for Harry, being like, oh man, I'm going to get that guy so, so, so... I don't know what word I'm looking for, but I'm, you know, I'm going to bet him a lot. I'm going to do him so gross, baby. I was expecting it to be a, we have to find a disguise for Harry. 
And then it could have been very funny because it could have been like, you know, put like, you know, Dorian thingies on Harry or like, you know, paint him blue. I was imagining stacking him on top of Paris's shoulders with like a really (laughs) long coat. (laughs) Excellent. That's the disguise I was thinking of. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, I I don't know, overall though, this episode, I I liked it well enough, but. It's fine. I feel like the. The Neelix is the highlight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel, yeah, because I I don't know, I think there's so much opportunity in a generational ship oh i do full, love a generational full of, ship full of ultra orthodox klingons mm-hmm. that just we never talk about like it's like they're just regular like they're just regular klingons there's yeah well i was, I was thinking I, was, I meant to mention this you reminded me thank you if Worf is the catholic klingon what are these guys these are like evangelicals these are like well no because evangelicals don't follow the, the teaching. Well, but they Christ. pretend to, don't they? Yeah, they make it. They make it up as they go. Well, Mormon. I think Mormon I, I, yeah, they're almost like we're I, back to the Mormons somehow. I, I was gonna say at first I was like Mormons, like no, it, it's even more like it, it's the closest I can come up with. Like, like it's the Mel based... Gibsons. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think these were Holocaust season? denier? Uh, well, wasn't it that the case that like Mel Gibson is or was or probably sister? I'm sure she is, sure is like a member of some like very dumb church orthodox. Oh. Yeah, it's Catholic. A, yeah, it's a division of, of Catholicism that rejects Vatican II. I want to say, yeah, Electric Boogaloo, or like or like <laughs> the Amy Comey Barrett, yeah, uh, yeah. Catholics. I don't um, know what they're talking. She's a Supreme Court justice. Unfortunately. Crazy religious nut. I hate this country. Um, Well, I mean, like, you lost me at Vatican II. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Oh, that that was... sounds like a video game. (laughs) It it was a big gathering of Catholic people in, like, the 1960s or 70s that tried to sort of modernize the church, by which I mean, I think they dragged it into the 19th century. They stopped doing mass in Latin. Yeah, that was the big thing oh, wow. that came out of that. Um, well, that's your first they, mistake. And then they introduced Catholicism now. <laughs> now that's what I call Catholicism. <laughs> Volume two. Where are we going with this? Oh, but I did like our friend, our friend Captain Kolar. Mm. He had such an Avery Brooks delivery of lines. He did, mm. didn't he? Every so often, I was like, are you, "Are you just Avery in disguise? What's going on?" I thought he quit the, quit the scene. <laughs> I also Captain Kolar, Avery in disguise. <laughs> At one point, he had, like, a very foghorn leghorn thing going on, <laughs> and that was what I messaged Chris and was like, this man sounds like foghorn leghorn. I don't know what to do with this. I, I did like that he was clearly a guy who'd found himself in charge of a lunatic cult, but he himself wasn't necessarily a believer. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's a generation ship, so yeah. about, it's about, like, the, the true believers were their ancestors. Oh, true. So they had more, so they like, had a bunch of kids because they have to keep the trip going. Yeah. And well, like, true believers definitely like, believe in fucking. Yeah, but how many people don't, you know, end up not following in their parents' belief system? Oh, yeah, no, for you sure. Know, like, Jake looks at me directly. <laughs> I mean, look at me directly, right? You know? I don't even know what religion your parents are. Star Trek. They're, and yeah. so are you. Think, so what are you talking about? Yes, they're Star Trek Catholic. They like lots of cats. I mean, they don't go to church. I was going to say they don't. Go, they don't seem to practice any of it. No. Oh yeah, that's fine. Though. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to do this. Sing, sing in the church choir. They were choir boys. I thought that was just because they liked singing. I think so, but you know, you <laughs> well, don't. That's, that's our church. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say I too have thought of joining a church so I could be in the choir and sing again. But yeah, but yeah, um, join a shower. 
I do. You can sing in the shower. I sing oh, in the shower God, all the time. Damn, I didn't get that. Yeah, you know, it happened. It was fine. Balana got Milana. to sort of have some Klingon exposure, which she will not care about again in a week. Yeah, she did the little, you know, say your bedtime prayers with Kolar. And yeah. It was a cute little moment, but again, yeah, we're never going to see it ever again. Because I feel like every... Like once a season, we have a Balana is face faces her Klingon heritage in some way. But we got two of them this season, and the other one was better. Yeah, that was two two episodes ago. It was like last week, yeah. wasn't it? I think so. Oh, in lineage, with the Adams. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, what you... a bummer that was. Yeah, that asshole. You were saying though, Caitlin. You were you texted me. It's like Tom thought she'd be happy to have more Klingons on board. I was like, <laughs> yeah, our boy Tommy isn't always that. No, bright. he's not. Paying... Well, Tommy is. Smoking crack this week because True. he is all over the place. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, accept this challenge to the death. Di- but cha- when it was still to the death, he was like, okay. Yeah, he knew it was to the death. It wasn't like you know glove slap here. He he knew it was a challenge to the death, and yet he still accepted it. It's because he was feeling emasculated. I was gonna say it's because the full weight of being a parent was finally. <laughs> he was like, you know what? Well, like maybe this will of- be easier. All of this was so that what's his fuck could could convince his, the other Klingons that Balana's oh, kid Kolar, was yeah. was Takuma. Um, <laughs> and Kalos. Yes. Oh, I don't have the voice at all. Kalos. Where's I was just thinking? Where's justice when we justice. need to yes. get at it? I will say though, you know, I, I very minor season two discovery spoilers, but. Uh, this episode works better in retrospect now. Because you don't have to be like, wow, so that, that crazy guy, was he actually prophetic? Was it just a coincidence? We know Klingons he's have... That, he's just that guy. Klingons have time crystals. Clearly this guy saw the future, oh, but it was a little that's muddled. What you mean. That's a good point. Uh, so it was actually just like, yeah, no, he just legit saw into the future. There well, we go. It does actually make me think of Takuvma's cult mm. a little bit. That's true, because wasn't his whole deal like, we've strayed from the path of Kalos yeah. or whatever? Yeah, so I wonder how. I wonder if it's a relate. Maybe it's maybe ret, it's obviously be a retcon, but maybe yeah. these are like the distant descendants of some off, of them offshoots of that. Mm. Yeah, they did. They didn't agree. They were like, you know what, you guys were staying behind trying to form your little cult. That's not good enough. We're we're going. Yeah, we are gonna putter off. They're doing pretty well considering their ship is eighty odd years old and stuff. So what's so. really of the most interest to me on this one is, is uh, okay, second most interesting thing to me. <laughs> We've now got this Klingon colony out in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, where the hell did they come from? And, uh, no, no, I mean, they, but they we left them, them there. We beamed them down somewhere. We, we found them a new home. <laughs> and, like, uh, I... Like we did for the screens. Yes. I am honestly, like, I know we say this a lot, but I'm gonna say it again. I wouldn't mind seeing what's what's going on twenty years later in Prodigy. <laughs> could we could we do uh, uh, what see what what sprouts from, from the, the sea? sea? Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. We can have. Is, I'm trying to think. Is this who's who's going to be seeking revenge on Janeway for marooning them on this planet? Um, definitely Cherega because she she lost that that great Neelix dick. <laughs> so they said. Did we ever see any Klingon children? Because I know they said very, there were women and children. Very briefly in that first crowd scene in yeah, the like, cargo the bay, okay. there were like a couple kids and we never saw them again. Because it's bad enough having to have put adults in that much makeup. I'm sure putting a kid in it's even more painful. Mm. Yeah. It also, seemed, it also seemed a little interesting to me how quickly 
they came around to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the Kittimer, that the Kittimer Accords, that's a thing. Well, I think so much of it was, oh, yeah, because it was also in the prophecy, right? There yeah. was there was the a line about, houses yeah, or whatever. the warring houses will, will cease, you'll know me before I know anything. But also, I think part of it, although not as explicit, was also just like, oh, you can see through our cloak because it's old. All right, let's play nice. <laughs> Fuck, we don't have a technological advantage. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that like the we- the weapons were even remotely matched. Like, mm. I would think that the well, they've been the thing on disruptors for hundred years ago would be they've been turbo. not doing nothing for the last hundred years. Maybe they you know met another group of aliens in the Delta Quadrant and you know traded for weapons or yeah, just the one otherwise thing they, acquired weapons. The one thing they didn't have to upgrade was their cloak because no one else knew the trick of it. Mm. So except the people in uh. Unforgettable, mm. but no one remembers that. <laughs> Maybe that's where Shepard Book got cloak designs. Oh yeah, there you go. He met the Klingons first. That works. Mm. Also seems uh, like that's a fucking hardy ship. Yeah, goddamn. Mm-hmm. I wonder what. Like, I wonder they should have like made the model look distressed or like that would have been nice. Like it was like you know, strap a bunch of luggage to the roof or something. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you know, had the original idea gone through, Voyager would have been all piecemeal by now. Yeah, and... I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, I've always thought that they should have left the Borgie shit that they Ditto, had. Ditto, because it was cool. Just leave it. <laughs> On the other hand, God knows what crazy shit Tom would have insisted they put in place of the uh, board. They'd actually just have a big fucking ship's wheel, like back in the day. Yay. He's the only one that knows how to pilot it. But he's also your nurse. God damn it. Yeah, Janeway was fucking holding her own when fucking, what's his name? Togreth, the the dual guy who's dying of Nurette quite a lot, uh, is trying to take over the ship. And they get onto the bridge because they, they get beamed over because that's how you do. And Janeway just shoots like five of them mm-hmm. whilst I think Paris is trying to like get towards a gun on the floor and yeah. failing and every time he tries to get the gun they shoot and he's like oh, I don't like this but Janeway takes out like most of the fucking team Janeway's just like I have been invaded by so much weird bullshit out here it's refreshing yeah, to see a familiar enemy she's very used to people beaming onto the bridge and shooting so yeah and again this, it's Klingon she knows Klingons there's no shock factor she has a gun stashed behind her captain's chair there's probably guns and knives just like hidden everywhere, hidden all over the bridge, and only she knows about it. Tuvok might know some of them. Well, you know, he's got his own. <laughs> he's got a Lyrpa just strapped to the ceiling. Nice. No one has noticed because no one ever looks up on the bridge ever. It's like that's because the... there's just studio lights up there. Ah. It's like the the people of uh, fuck. Is the planet actually called Cricket in um, the third Hitchhiker's Guide novel? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. The people that never look up because their sky is blank, so there's no point. don't remember this this detail at all. I should reread the Hitchhiker's books. The first four are great. And then the fifth happens. I remember, I remember reading all of them and being, being fine. It's a... Eh, it's just a downer. Uh, I also like the little mobile they put over a crib. And it had a little, little bird of prey on it. Oh. And it had a little Voyager. And they're like pastel colors. <laughs> and I thought it was very cute. Yeah. Yeah, the other interesting thing about that new Klingon colony is at least some of the people that are going to be half Talaxian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What's that makeup look like? Oh, wow. I kind of want to see it. 
Uh, speaking of makeup. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, what are you doing? If you're well, segueing, I have a better segue. You probably do. But I was going to say, uh, I, I did not recognize him per se, but does anyone know who that was that tried to take over the ship? Yes, I do. And it was going to be also in, in my segue, so perfect. Really? Yeah. Um, let me think. Which the the not not the main not the captain but like the, the guy who dueled guy who dueled oh, with the Paris. dueling man because I was like this guy seems familiar and I looked him up and I don't know who I thought he was to be honest but I definitely didn't think it was this guy. Let me think. I got to picture him. He's not the guy from Half a Life, is he? No, no. But oh, that's a good guess. They do have similar shaped heads. Yeah, they do have big blocky heads. Big blocky head. Is it Jono's dad? Yeah, yes. Holy, Holy fuck. Jake, for God the win, damn. getting it. I, see, because I never would have gotten it. Like, because again, I don't know who I thought he was, but not even remote. Fucking well done. Yeah, I already knew it because it was on Memory Alpha. Like, oh, this was uh, Sherman Howard, who previously played Endar. And apparently played a Vulcan in DS9, who played darts against the chief. Darts. Oh, okay. Which I don't remember. I, even having read it, it's like, I don't remember this subplot at all, but there was a picture of him, and it's like, that's him, all right, as oh, a Vulcan. Was, uh, so we already know about Kike from the previous episode, but was the prison guard, was he one of the saboteurs, or, like, one of the one of the thieves from Starship Mine? Oh, God, if he was, I didn't write it down. I didn't even think to look him I up, to be might, honest. I think he might have been. He looked familiar to me also, but I don't know why. I th- yeah. And I think that the, the uh, Ike, what was his name? Ico. Ico? Ico, whatever. Ico. I think he was, he was, I don't think, I don't know if he's been in Star Trek, but I recognize that actor too. He's mm. been in some stuff. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Our our captain, I don't think he's been in Star Trek again, but he was in the Orville because Seth McFarlane's like a fucking Pokemon trainer. <laughs> just got to collect every Star Trek actor he can, no matter how minor. Nice. He's, I think I think he had such a great voice. He did. He's yeah, worth it. He was, it's a great voice. I'm surprised we didn't see more of this guy. He's, he, he was good. Yeah. Good voice, good performance. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you stay on the ship, in fact? Let the rest of your, your colony go live on a planet somewhere. And keep, we'll keep you. We'll, we'll, help, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you, and uh, Neelix would very much like... Um, yeah, if Chirega stays. I'm really going to miss her. <laughs> oh, man. That... <laughs> Fucking oh. Ethan Phillips hamming, and it's great. I love him. Funny and again. I've come full fucking circle. Hooray! Oh man, your character journey has been so profound, Caitlin. I hate it. What a heart. <laughs> and yeah, again, though, so much of it do was sold by just Tim Russ's just. So mad. He doesn't, it's not even, there's no lines, it's just his face. Yep. And he does it. He does it for everything. Because he knows there's just. So many fluids everywhere in his room. Oh, well, I'm sorry. He just, he just, he goes to Janeway and is like, Captain, I am disabling the fire suppression system in my quarters. I'm just starting from scratch. We're going to blow everything into space. (laughs) Fire cleans all, says Chris. From orbit. We're not in orbit. Here's the thing, though, right? So if they gave the Klingons quarters, like, like. You know, like Neelix presumably gave his quarters up to a Klingon family. To a nice couple, he said so. I mean, where's where's Neelix's girlfriend staying? And well, could, they're probably they bunked have... up too, though. Oh. There's someone else in, in her quarters. Too. She uh, she might have like I mean, she clearly doesn't have a mate, but maybe she's there with her like parents and oh. sibling or something. Oh yeah, it's a generational ship. Oh, yeah. gross. Yeah. 
You definitely know. Yeah, but we, the thing is, we don't see a lot. We don't see any old Klingons because they all die. That's true of the. So of she, the her parents probably aren't around. It's like she, she, could be, she could be very young. Oh my god! It's the grups all over again. Yeah. Oh the wow! Grups. There's our. There it's the best segue yet. You did it, Chris. Ah, so speaking of the grups and the what do they call the little ones? The the Phil, onlys. The onlys? onlys. Yeah. Okay. The Philip Morris clan. Oh, Philip Morris, the one good. Philip kid. Morris and the guy from Scrooge. Oh yeah, that's right. Was that's... that John? Was John from Scrooge? No idea I don't think about the guy about that talks yeah, like yeah. this. Like a bad Jack Nicholson? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Neat. Uh, uh, Mary. That's yeah. uh, Kato Kalin, isn't it? No, wait, that's not who I mean. Uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater, yeah. that's who I mean. From Star Trek Six. Thank you. So much going on right now, but what's really going on is we're going to we're gonna segue smoothly because our, our topic of the week, you know, because, you know, we saw Endar and he, you know, Endar's kid we'll talk about and we'll talk about the Mary kids and we'll talk about... You know, because John, uh, John, wow, Tom, because Tom and Belana are having a kid. We're talking about children in Star Trek. Oh, so we're goodness. talking specifically about like kids, mm-hmm. kid actors. If you're under like 13 or 14 and you're like a pivotal character in, in one way or another. So not like fucking Renee Picard because fuck that kid. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of kids otherwise and I don't want to be here for too many days. What about Jean-Luc Picard? Which one? When he's a child, in Rascals. Oh well, we'll get to, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, so we're talking children in Trek. Wow, most of their most he's of them my are number one dad. So Jake's already wants wants to talk about Rascals, but we what can't a, get there yet. Why not? Well, we're not going in order. I don't care. Okay, then yeah, let's talk about Rascals. What a terrible episode. That is terrible. So bad. It's it, so bad. Plus, you got your ship taken over by the Ferengi. How fucking embarrassing! Like, really, really, it's. It's the quality of the child actors in TNG are just so and there's so universally poor in TNG. There's also so many child-centered episodes, and they rarely get good kids. Yeah, because yeah, there's that, and the, I mean it's not the whole episode, but fucking disaster, disaster. has yeah. Picard. I and think a they're a substantial part of that episode. Turbo, yeah, they are. I just I'm admitting they're not the whole thing, but they are a radish kid. Fucking hate Radish Kid so Everybody much. Hates Radish Kid. He's one of my least favorite kids in. He's track. the worst. I love radishes, so I can't hate Radish Kid. I like a radish, but he yeah, grew them all weird. Great. That's fine. <laughs> um, as long as I can eat them. Do you grow them in some special dirt so they come up all weird? Okay, this technically doesn't count, but I just love bringing this up. When uh, actually is that also a disaster where Keiko gives birth and Worf is stuck yes. delivering yes. the baby? That's amazing. He is so. <laughs> and then the callback in Deep Space Nine. Uh, that's good. Unlike Radish Kid. I will kid. not be there. <laughs> Unlike Radish oh, Kid. Oh, Kiriyoshi. Mm. Kiriyoshi's an awful child. He's always crying and shit. But Molly is cute. Hold. I like Molly. Um, well, speaking of the Until worst. Until she turns into older Molly. Feral Molly. Feral. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I think as far as like the kids that were like recurring kid actors, Molly is... Not terribly that's offensive. Cause, that's to because me. she's never given anything because she's too young to handle it. Yeah, that's they like fine. That's which like, is, which like, is how you do it. Yeah, she's like clearly in those early seasons, especially like she had clearly just been told what to say right before they said yeah. action. Go yeah. hug, go hug Rosalind Chow and say I love you, mommy, and then look over here where we're gonna shine a light. <laughs> And then we're gonna cut the scene. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and I might have said this before, but like it's that, that's why uh, what in the original you know Charlie Brown Christmas special, I think it was. Oh yeah, you have mentioned Sally. this before. It was uh, Sally literally couldn't read well enough yet to learn her line, so they would tell her her line and she would record. 
Linus's little sister. Yeah. One word at a time. No, no. Uh, Charlie Brown's little sister who has a crush on Linus. Right, 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 right. Sorry. Yeah, no, Linus's right, sister right, is that is Lucy. awful, Lucy. awful Lucy. Yeah, what are their TNG kid-centric... Oh, uh, oh, Just yeah. look at the poster behind you. Well, that, uh, like and two, the row of children at the front. <laughs> two popped into my head as soon as I said that, and weirdly both involve, like, adopting a kid. Okay, okay. Because there's... When Worf takes in that orphan boy... Jeremy Astor in The Bonding. Yeah, and he's... he's a decent enough kid. Yeah, I remember him being all right. Decent actor. Oh, what about... Two. Is the other one that annoying kid that, like, latches on to Data? Yes! Fucking oh, hate that him. kid. I don't... I don't remember him well enough to know what I thought of his skill. He was annoying. I, I thought he was terrible. Yeah, I genuinely just... Oh my god, but you know who's the worst? Alexander. Alexander well, is the worst. That's what I'm saying. By, a, by a quite a lot. Until he's Deep Space Nine, almost adult Alexander, and then he's yeah, a lovable... Yeah, because then he can act. He's a lovable <laughs> doofus. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed a teenage Alexander. How we feel about Lol. Does she count? I don't think yeah, it, I don't she's like a day old. Well, yeah, but the yeah, actor but we don't, is. We don't need a child actor for her. Yeah, she's a. Oh, yeah, so her only time a child actor. I'm yeah, they, talk but for only... what it's worth, I hated lol. Children who are played by children. Gotcha. <laughs> Which means we actually can't talk about some of the Miri kids because they were clearly thirty. Yeah, I know. That's a good um, point. Both Miri and John were just way too fucking old. I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about this. I'm like, what is it with Hollywood? Why did they, like? They'll have actual fucking, like, barely standing children. They will have people from their 20s up. Why do they avoid teenagers so much? Because teenagers are assholes and they probably can't act very well. It's like, because you can get away with casting Mm. someone that's a little bit older and who has no, like, work hour restrictions that a teenager would have. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and your education has to be on a different schedule. like, Like, yeah, if you can, like... That's why it was funny, you know, all the Dawson's Creek kids were, you in know. In their 40s. Yeah. No, they weren't in their 40s. They were like in their 20s. Yeah, they were very clearly not teenagers. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also wild. I, I recently read Quill Quinton's book, or mm. one of his books. His book about his book. Mm. Uh, Still Just a Geek, I think. Something like that. And so much of it, like, good God, this man hates his parents so much. I don't blame For him. making him do this stuff when he told them so many times, I, I don't, I, I'd like to not act please. Like, I don't like any of this. And then his parents would, like, ba- make him do the acting. And then they took a lot of his money, and they mm-hmm. suck a whole lot, and he's yeah. basically divorced himself from his family. Yeah, I don't blame, I don't blame him. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Will Wheaton... Yeah, there's, there's gotta be some Wesley episodes. There's, there's so many Wesley <laughs> episodes, and most of them aren't great because the writers didn't know what the fuck to do with a kid. No. Yeah. Well, and again, I... I, I mean, this... Will wasn't amazing as an actor, but they also, like, gave him the wrong shit to do. Yeah, well, and that's... I, I've said this to people before when talking about it, and I think I've even said it on the show. It's like, really, the, they used him a lot in seasons one and two, when, frankly, none of the characters were really written that well. I, yeah. I agree with that. You know, it's like, it's a shame that by later, by the time the writing got better, they were using him less, because I think he did quite well with what they gave him at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think, I think it's really, I think less is more mm-hmm. with Wesley, and I think yeah. that once he was out of the main cast, really, and just sort of like a, occasional Yeah, like guest, the game. The game, yeah, he's, the game, he's very the good The game in. was good. Yeah. First Duty, mm-hmm. uh, Journey's End even. Is pretty okay. Well, where he's he, good in it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's where he technically might be involved with the founding of the Maki. <laughs> yeah. You think, you think Eddington had a photo of him somewhere? No. Right, <laughs> hung up right next to his drawing of Jean Valjean. <laughs> um, his signed, like, Les Mis poster by Wesley for some reason. 
Well, they, the Maquis already existed by the time. Did they? Yeah, okay. because the Maquis were introduced in Ensign Row. Mm. But yes. Jake and Nog are great. Jake and Nog oh, are yeah. great. Yeah, see that's see that's the that's the weird contrast. We have these absolutely dismal child actors all throughout TNG, but then you get to D Six Nine and you get Sherlock Lofton, who's yeah. Just well, of course, Nog is actually in reality already outside of our yeah. Nog, Nog, Nog's not actually child. That's a good point. Yeah, he, he's, he was he's already playing someone very young. That's but yeah, Sherlock Lofton point. did actually start off like ten or something, right, or eleven. He's oh. quite young. A little guy. Anyway. And then he sprouts like a mother. Yeah. I mean, he was already kind of tall, but then it's such like... But even like, even as a kid, when he's younger... He's still good, yeah. He's still, he's still good. He's such a talented well, they also, actor. They wrote, they wrote him appropriately as well. Like, yeah. They wrote him to just be a kid and do very normal stuff. Yeah, that's the problem. Is Wesley was supposed to be like a super genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In a when, world of incredibly intelligent people anyway. Yeah, when Wesley walks in a room and everyone's staring at a problem and he's like, oh, have you tried this? And you, want, you just want to punch him in the head. Yeah, Jake's just a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, we don't get a ton of kid stuff in DS9, I feel like. Not the show for it. Not, not as much, <laughs> not as, much as uh, T and G. No. no. Yeah, there's a bunch of one-offs that I can name. Well, there's that um Thanks. that young, like, that young ruler... Oh yeah, who, like Nog has a crush on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. from the storyteller. But and she, she was, was good. Fine. Yeah, she yeah. was fine. But yeah. she was also like a late teen, I think. Like yeah. she was playing fifteen, which means she might have been eighteen or twenty, for all I know. There mm. was the kid that um, the the Cardassian kid that hated that he was Cardassian. Yeah. Oh, that was raised by Bajorans. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, he he might have actually been younger. Yeah, possibly. I can't yeah, under a lot of makeup, so you can't really tell. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I think he was fine, but also he was playing like an actual. Like, he was playing a character with a motivation. Yeah, a lot of like pent up hatred. It's like, okay, if you're a teen actor, you can do it. Yeah, just just be a teen. There's there's um baby uh, baby Jemhadar. Yeah, oh, yeah. the abandoned. He was only a kid for a short for like a day, yeah. but, it's, but it counts. <laughs> Yeah, I think with TNG, with having families on the ship. Yeah, there's, there's family. There's kids explicitly more room for everywhere. It. Hey, let's have a bunch of civilians on our fucking ship. Great idea. Yeah, because we have like just a whole slew of kids in When the Bow Breaks, which is just an episode. Oh, yeah. Teeming with t- just annoying children. Yeah, they weren't great. And I didn't care for most of them. Do we have to? Do you really want them back that badly, Enterprise? Well, Wesley will save the day more often than these other kids will ruin it, so... Balances yes. out. <laughs> Worf was like, no, but they, they can keep Alexander, though. I, I promise. It's fine. I will not be up to... Oh, oh this, was well, this was well before Alexander. Oh, was? was okay. Yeah, this was like season one or two. Oh, okay. Okay. I'd forgotten. Oh, yeah, if, if Wesley was around, I guess, yeah. Uh, we also get Data's little pen pal, Sarjenka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I liked her. I yeah, thought she was well good. done. Yeah, from what I recall, it was even a decent episode. Yeah, she and it was also the B plot was Wesley heavy because it was Wesley being That's given true. charge of a team and they not taking him seriously, understandably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. It's like, wait, 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 wait. So I'm not only answering to a civilian, I'm answering to a child? And he's wearing that onesie? <laughs> His mom's fa- fucking the captain, so. Uh. <laughs> we brought up Jono earlier. 
terrible child. All I remember is the keening. The keening. He, you know, doesn't respect women. But so much of that is just that people's culture. Yeah. So it's like, ugh. That's the thing. In reality, the the actor was doing exactly what the script told him to. They just wrote him to be fucking obnoxious. I thought actually the way they portrayed, like, his relationship with Endar, his dad, was very nice. I remember that being very nice. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Troy's child from The Child. The Child, yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew? Ian, Ian Andrew? Ian Andrew yeah. Troy, I think. I think that's right. Ian Anderson Troy plays the flute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Riker Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah Barash. Yeah. Or, you know, I think he named him Jean-Luc Jr. And then we learned his name was Ethan. But his, his actual name is Barash, and I love him. Yeah, and wasn't he basically just a gray to yeah. the end, which yeah, like wow, hands. Star Trek just fi- at the end was kind of Star Trek just finally did a gray, like legit. Okay, what do we consider Clint Howard? I was to be? just thinking That's that. A good question. Because I, I saw of someone looking puppets. Someone put him on a list, but it's like, yeah, but he's playing a, an adult yeah, he's and also a child he's, actor. And he's know. also not doing his own. And he's voice. Yes, he's dubbed voice. by an adult. So. But he is drinking that Tranya. He is. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a case where just by the metric of it's the the child is central to the story as a child, it doesn't count. <laughs> but it is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I give him a lot of credit. Like he's he's watchable because also you you know, it's another voice, he doesn't do anything. You only he's on screen for less than a minute. <laughs> and I'll give him this, like yeah, he didn't have to say anything, but he was focusing on things, which not all children can do. Like he his has that face, weird, creepy laugh yeah. thing that he does. His <laughs> face was convincing with the voice. Yeah, I guess. Which I, which I, doesn't sound like much, but actually, when you think about it, that, could have gone so wrong. Yeah, he did the visual acting very well. Yeah, like I'm sure you know he was actually laughing and stuff in the scene, so yeah. that they could have someone dub, but I. Oh man, I, I wonder if somewhere there's the original audio from that scene. Oh this little god. squeaky kid voice. Oh my god. Find it. <laughs> and then burn it. Uh, we, we did miss another one in TOS. They had a bunch of, like, a slew oh, of Oh, I'm thinking children. it. I hate it. Oh yeah. It's And the Children Shall Lead. lead. Yeah. And it's miserable. Uh, it's That's also not a good episode. And the children are annoying. They're real bad. The angel can't act because he's just some lawyer. Yeah, dressed as a Christmas tree. <laughs> Hate that episode. We we almost had more of Kirk's nephew, but his scenes got cut. Oh yeah, we only see him unconscious in Taste of Armageddon. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna say that might be right. Is it that or Operation no, Annihilate? It's Operation Annihilate. You're right. What yeah. about um Baby Spock in TAS? Yeah. Was he actually voiced by a kid? He was. Oh, I there we go. Remember the story was they only used the footage from his audition. Oh my god, and that's right. Kid, Those fuckers. The poor kid's like, I did such a terrible job on some of these lines. I would have redone them. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, oh, yeah. He 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 did have a, a very annoying little Vulcan voice, though. Mm. Oof. What about Spock again in The Search for Spock? <laughs> oh, yes, multiple. Uh, multiple baby Spocks. None of them say anything, though, yeah. so... They're non-verbal Spocks. Yeah, it's really hard to say how they would have done it. They made the right faces. They were, to... they were there acting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Who says you have to have lines to be a character? No, no, I don't. I don't. A lot of those tribbles were only, like, a day old. Uh, if weird. even. Weird, weird, Chris. <laughs> um... Would you count from TAS the counterclock incident? Oh, God. Of the whole crew aging backwards? Oh, were, they, were they played by children in that, or were they just like... 
I don't remember now. Yeah, oh man, I don't even remember if they had lines when they were children. Or whether it just, you know, Robert Aprils just started being the character all of a sudden. And Spock, who was just younger adult Spock. Mm. Yeah. It's actually just James Doohan doing lots of little kids' voices. Oh no! <laughs> yes. What is he doing? <laughs> and Eric's. The little girl from the Ella Moraine episode. There's a little girl? I don't think there's a little girl in that. There sure is. Oh yeah, the one that actually sings the stupid yeah. song. Oh, the... the, the Doi. The girl in the game. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh... Is it in TNG? Doesn't, um... Doesn't Loxana actually encounter, like, a little girl who's yeah. being a little girl? Oh, that's right. That's Hedril, I think. That gives Dark her the... Page? Yeah, gives her the flashbacks to... And that's, um... Somebody. Isn't that little... Kirsten... Dunce, yeah, little Kirsten Dunce. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, and we jumped right over uh, Clara Sutter, who had an imaginary friend who was also a child. Mm. Oh, yeah. Imaginary friend. Wasn't she like an evil little bitch? Yes, and she was super evil. She was actually actually an alien. (laughs) Sort of remember that episode, kind of? It's not a great episode. What about the pen pal? Um, We already talked about her. We talked about I It wasn't listening, obviously. (laughs) Um... Yeah, when they invented the Pulaski Maneuver, which never comes back, even though it would have been super useful a few times. Oh, so many times. They brought it up. Uh, Yeah, that's true, you're right. There was was a time when they talked about it and said that it wouldn't work. Because it was like alien physiology or something. something. Yeah, Yeah. I think that was in Who Watches the Wild. I think that we've established that the Pulaski Maneuver is when you pull Jordy's head out of his ass. Oh, what about OG? What about uh, Bobby Hill? She was like 20, though, wasn't she? Was she? I don't know. I feel like she was an adult. I don't know how old she by was, that the actor point. would have been. She was supposed to be playing a child. Yeah, she was like, supposed to be a teenager, I think. I mostly just remember her shouting OG and nothing else. So. Well, she's saying that's she's, her she, she shouts, Father! Oh, that's right, that's right. Either way. Yeah, I really remember that episode so Either well. Either way. Apparently. Is that the one where Picard gets his chair hanging? Yes. Me? The thing he hangs over his chair for the rest yes, of his career. They give him a, they give him a, a, a little tapestry thing. I see. Uh, I have one more from Deep Space Nine, and that was the little girl from Shadow Play, Taya, who's actually a hologram in that city of holograms that that man made to keep. Oh my oh, god, yeah, that's where right. he's like the grandpa, and oh, they're yeah. all fake people. Oh, that was so. They have up. to. They have to reboot. That was a sad reboot episode. his city. I forgot all about that. I like yeah, that. One. And it's I liked the little girl. That was yeah, a good little girl. Mean, she was good. She's not my favorite little girl because my favorite little girl. We're going to jump to Voyager because obviously, obviously it's Mazzotti. Yeah, no, she's, she's just great. Yep, no, she's great. She's the best kid. So good. I really like Naomi too. Naomi's yeah, she's, 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 she's good as Trisha. she's less fun because she's not like a blunt little Borg baby. But yeah, but yeah. they don't. The thing yeah. that's nice is like they don't make the mistake of like overusing her yeah. every five seconds. And True. it looked like for a minute they were gonna mm-hmm. like remember mm. when we were getting lots of flotter episodes. <laughs> and just like what the fuck? I liked the flotter. Yeah, episode. flotter's alright. Well, that I doll's a fucking nightmare, really don't though. like flotter. But regardless, <laughs> it, for a minute it looked like Naomi was going to be a fucking problem, and then they were like, you know what? Let's just. Just bring it back a little bit. I think I think they also do Naomi some justice by doing kind of what they did with Jake Sisko with her, in that she's a Just very a she's a very normal kid. Yeah, like she doesn't have. I mean, she does age fast, which you know. So did Alexander. Because well, she's so, part. So did the child and the child and part pointy. Katarian. There we go. Um, yeah, part pointy. But I also <laughs> like her actor. Her actor's an awful lot. She's yeah. quite good, I think. Yeah, I think she's a musician now. Oh, cool. she's like in a band or something. The less said about the twins, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were the worst. Oh, what about Baby Seven? I don't think I, we ever see her enough. Yeah, she just we see a frightened child. We see a moment. Child, yeah, I don't remember her well enough to. I can't really make a judgment. 
She she got bored, so there you go, honey. <laughs> there were three very terrible children in innocence. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. we just talked about that like three last week. Three awful, I, naughty children. <laughs> and I already forgot it again. Like last week? When did we forget? Or two weeks. For some reason, we brought up that oh, episode. did we? That's, that's terrible, because I hate that episode. I already <laughs> forgot again that it existed, because it's a bad episode. Just really terrible kids. So bad. So bad. Ugh. Poor Tim Russ. <laughs> Having to carry that whole thing on his shoulders. Yeah. Because the rest of that episode was not great. So bad. EMH had his hollow kids in oh, real God. life. And again, I feel like I feel like the little girl was quite good. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they have a little bit more of a bench now, I think. Mm-hmm. By the time we hit like the late 90s, early, early aughts. Yeah. Um, because... Earlier, like, TNG, like, they just kept picking shit, kids. They really did. Well, because wasn't it mostly, like, people and the cast and crew's kids? I don't, was... know, I don't know if in the 80s they were doing that. Oh, they definitely right. did that in the 60s. Oh, yeah, right. they, yeah, like, a couple of Chatner's actual kids were in Miri, I know. Yeah, yeah, and Grace Lee Whitney's kid and all yeah, this thing. Yeah. Uh... Gross. Imagine letting Bill Shatner... Make you pregnant. <laughs> wow! I thought you were saying, imagine letting Bill Shatner be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sort of what I said, but not exactly. Yeah. Yuck. Anyway. Is Nimoy's kid ever in anything? Or would have been confusing because he looks too much like him. <laughs> I think, I remember in Miri when they when they said, oh, um, Nimoy, you should like have your kid on because we're doing all our kids today. He said no. He was <laughs> like, no, my child is terrible. That's a ter- terrible idea. Do we forget any babies, Ames? The only ones I have, I have, um, would you guys count Carr from Initiations? Uh, he was also played by... No, he was an adult by then. Yeah. He was an adult by then? Oh, Definitely. the character was too? Well, I mean... Well, but the, if the point is... Kid, kid, yeah, 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 yeah. certainly was. Yeah, he was already an adult. Uh, yeah, and Isheb is too on the cusp, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, other one I saw was, like, Charlie from Charlie X, but... Yeah, but he was also actually 20-something, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> How old was Jason Janeway? He might have uh, actually been teens, a teenager. Teens-ish. He seemed like a teenager. Yeah, he seemed like he actually oh, might have been legit. Oh, in that terrible episode. Yeah, in the terrible yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But I think but he, he was, was, he was, was good. good. He was he one was of the good, highlights yeah. of that episode. Yeah, he was he one was of the only saving good. graces of that fucking tire fire. Well, and I mean, like, Kate was great, obviously, but what a terrible... Yeah, but she. so many of her scenes were with Henry. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, Henry. brought down everything around him. Herculean effort, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember... There'll be at least one Enterprise that has a kid for a bit. Is it... Wait, we're not, like, looking into the future, are we? Well, you know, not really. Just 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 Enterprise. Just to fill out the blog. Yeah. The only one I can think of is... Sim, yeah. Sim. Yeah, there's at least a few scenes with, yeah. Aside from that, I don't think... it's, It's now been so long since I watched Enterprise that it's all very hazy, but... Like, there's definitely some flashbacks to Little Archer, but I don't think he does much. Yeah, I don't think we... I think we see him... Flying his little ship. Yeah. yeah, and there's one more kid that we're going to see in a couple weeks in Voyager, but we have a different blog activity planned for then. Fair enough. But that's going to be a fun week. Good, good. And that's going to be a really fun one. So we'll, next week we'll talk more kids. We'll talk kids of probably the the currently running series, mm-hmm. uh, which mo- mo- mostly I think will be us just chatting about all the kids in Prodigy and how much we love them. Such a good show. I do love the kids from Prodigy. And one of them's actually a kid. And one of them's a kid, yeah. She's Rock. great. I love Rock. Yeah, so we'll look forward to that next week. You can see, I don't know what the hell I would have posted about all these kids on our on our Tumblr, but it means you should go check it out. Yes. 
over to sshppodcast.com or just search the Tumblr or click the links or do the things. Make sure you're also subscribed here to whatever it is you're listening to right now because there's going to be more shows next week. Mm. Oh, we have another uh, another two-parter next week, so we have to jam in a whole uh, bunch duh. of shit. So it's, next week's going to be dense because we got episodes, The Void, and then Workforce, parts one and two. Wow. So that's going to be are, a... Those are both... Big, big episode. Are, Are they? they? Yeah, hmm. a, lot, a lot going on. Oh, boy. Well? Well, definitely check out Something that. Something to look forward to. Yeah, so that'll be next week's. So we'll be back then. Until then, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. This is always Chris. Chris.